Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You have me, Jerry, and Diane back to bring you guys some more. Last week we didn't post because it was Easter, we took a little break. You know, everyone is entitled to a bit of time off, but you know, we're back with a bang. How are you doing, my dear? I am good, I'm not too bad. You know how it is, just winding down from the weekend, preparing for a new week. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no I'm there with you like just prepare just prepping really just prepping for what's what's about to happen this week I'm making it sound like we've got big plans happening in this week we really don't it's just a life life really be life in right now life is life in like if you live in the UK you would know like the government's on crud they're just mad so you know <sighs> Do you know, before you even carry on, do you know what I saw online this morning? That more than half of the MPs have been done for sexual abuse. I know. Obviously, guys, we're not a political podcast, but, you know, shock. Are we shocked? You know, it's just, you know, you sit down and you think, what are we living in? Who is leading us? How did anybody choose these people? Honestly. I mean, I didn't choose them. But did I. But here they it's are. just like it's crazy. It really is. And I have many questions. Like, hey, the queen, what are you doing there then? If you can't tell them to go, exactly, because you can see they're literally ruining, absolutely ruining the country. Yeah, and you're just letting what's, them. What's the point of her if she can't tell them to go? Hmm. Hmm. This is just adding to why the why life be life in right now. Tell me about it. <laughs> <sighs> But um, what was I going to say? Obviously, as you can hear, it is the two of us. Yes. The dynamic duo. Our lovely, lovely Clarissa is, how do we say it? Is, um, she's, I guess she said goodbye to the podcast, essentially. Not, yeah. not, not even a goodbye, more of a see you later. Yeah. Um, she just needs to take a step back for now to focus on some other things. And hopefully she will be back to do some episodes with us but not as a you know weekly host yeah so yeah you know like on Real Housewives where they have like a friend of the podcast a friend of the show sorry it's basically similar like that so she's now become one of the friends of the podcast mm-hmm. and as Gigi said like intermittently she'll be here for certain topics and things like that but we just want to take the chance to just thank her for everything that she contributed yeah and- you know her passion and her commitment while she was here and yeah we wish her all the best yes we do and if you have any more questions for her you can also you can still dm the podcast page and we can forward it onto her or you can still hit her up directly at clarissa ferrara on instagram but yeah guys to get into these topics today boy oh boy this is not to sound negative but we are going to talk about work burnout we, I feel like we've spoken about it before, but it's, not, it's a recurring theme. It happens, and as we know, it comes in waves. Burnout is real. I think people get to that point that they think that they're not burning out when they really are. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of like goes into your personal life and day-to-day life. 100%. I think burnout is the biggest issue I think the NHS is, is dealing with. Yeah. Because not just from the pandemic, but there's always been a burnout because we've always had staffing issues mm-hmm. um, lack of resources funding gets cut um, 
there's kind of more patience than there are staff. Exactly. People are, people are very demanding. Um, cases are more complex. So burnout is almost not inevitable, quite sadly. Yeah. And it's more common than we think. Well, that's pretty much what Diane just said. But I think it's trying to find the best ways to recognize it and react responsibly because I find like within nursing those who nurse have such a caring nature and essentially want to be the sacrificial lambs within reason and whereas we're kind to everyone else we're not really kind to ourselves like Mm. think about it Diane how many shifts have you done when you're literally dying unwell but you're like I can't let my team down whereas others would be like why are you coming just stay home this is the thing but then you feel bad and also it's kind of what you're taught yeah like we were taught that unless you're on the floor dying you need to go to work you need to go to school you know nothing should deter you from going mm-hmm. so you know there's some people who can go off sick and be off sick for ages and feel no way even for to, even for me to call in sick I have to work up the courage to do it which sounds crazy like oh Gigi, do you remember this happened in March yeah and I really wasn't feeling well. And I was like, no, I can't call it sick. And Gigi was like, but you're not well. You physically cannot go to work. Like, you you have to call in sick. But I had to work up the courage to do it. And mm-hmm. to me, that's quite dangerous because imagine being sick and then feeling burnt out on top of that. Exactly. What type of, like, in, in other words, we're putting our patients first. What type of care am I going to give you when I feel like that? Not saying that, you know, we're being negligent or whatever, but... I think we really need to think thoroughly about what we do in yeah. terms of, yes, you're taking one for the team, still coming in. But to me, I think it's worse you going in than getting sent home mm. because they could have just put your shift out or put it out to agency, whatever, to get cover. And you could be at home resting. But you know what, though? This is the thing. And this goes on to the stories that I did about clinical and community. Mm. So I've noticed that seeing the clinical environment, if you're off sick, they can call in an agency like that or and they can find a way to manage. I've yeah. noticed. I mean, not always, but they somehow find a way to facilitate no, things. But in the community, it's a different ball game. So if someone's off sick, they have to give you... Those of you that are at work and well, uh, potentially, are given their work to do. Yeah. Right? So the burden is now more on those that are there. Okay. And to me, that's even, you even feel bad yeah. when you're off sick because you know what's going to happen. You know they're going to give your work to other people and their work is going to become heavier and already the workforce is depleted. So then you then make decisions of, well, do I call in sick or do I not? Because I then feel like all that, it's kind of like a mind fuck, essentially. Excuse my language, but it is because mm-hmm. you don't know what to do. You're no, stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because it's like, do I stay home and get better? Or do I take my sick my sick self to work and still slave away? Because like yeah. the one thing I always remember someone saying to me at work is that God forbid this happens, but if you die, they're just gonna put your shift, they're just gonna put your job back out. 110%. There's a post I put up the other day. And literally, you will die, they will do a collection for like flowers for the funeral and maybe like a card that's depending on how significant you were in your area um they might even go to your funeral and within the month they'll then put the post out exactly you know you're just another person and I think 
when when it comes to burnout, you have to remember that you it's about you and how you feel. And no one can tell you how you feel. No one can tell you, or how can you be tired? Mm-hmm. Or how can you say that you don't want to do that? Or how can, you know, people love to project that of how can you? And it's almost like taking ownership of, yeah, I can. Maybe to you that's not tiring, but to me it is. Yeah. You know, maybe you can bang out sets of notes in two hours, but I can't. Exactly. And also, it's, I kind of see it as like pain. Pain is relative. People are quick to say, like, you know, that these people feel pain, these people don't feel pain, or, you know, the level of pain is different. But for example, between me and Dan, the level of pain that we can both handle are very different. Yeah. The same way with burnout, the level, the amount of like burnout or stress I'm going through will be relative and it's different because what may be small for me could be really big for Diane and vice versa. I just think we need to be more aware of what we're doing and how to protect ourselves because if anything if we've learned anything from the pandemic is that we've literally put ourselves out there to die and I'm tired of it fair enough I'm on mat leave at the moment but work-wise I'm still tired of it like I don't want to be that sacrificial lamb no I need to do what's right for me and my family and you shouldn't have to be and I think also as well it comes it also comes down to management yeah you know, you need to have a manager who's going to be understanding and is going to support you. Because I feel like sometimes as well in management, they can make you feel bad for not being there. Exactly. But if the shoe was on our foot, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. And you shouldn't feel bad for being off sick. You shouldn't feel bad because you feel like you're not managing or not coping. Mm-hmm. And I think more so than ever, we are in a society where we're now a bit more open about our challenges yeah um before we would hide them because you'd make you look weak and now we're in a in an era where it's okay to come out and say you know what I can't cope I agree with you I agree with you but I feel I still think in society that's become a big notion but I still think within healthcare it's still somewhat frowned upon Mm. because at the end of the day if they're nurses or healthcare professionals or whoever doesn't turn up we can't look after the patients adequately well, we can, but we can't look after the patients with safe staffing ratios and things like that. And then that's where the whole blame game starts. Like, you need to be here. You can't go off sick or, you know, you can't take this time off, whatever. But, like, we need to be very assertive. Not rude, but assertive in what it is we want mm. and how we can get it. Because at the end of the day, we are providing a service. We need to be comfortable within that service to provide it. Yeah. It's true. So I guess it's like finding what is somewhat the best medium to work for us. And and the thing about it is it is making slight changes. So I'll give an example. Um, when I took my role as a health visitor, I said I would not work five days a week. Um, yeah. I made a point that I'd only work four days and I'd work condensed hours. Um, and for me, that was really, really important because when I trained, I was drained by mm-hmm. the Monday to Friday, nine to five hours. And a couple of being a student and doing the job itself, I realised that, you know what, I can't do this. This won't work for me in the long run. And if I have the opportunity to make the choice, I need to take ownership of that and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing I'd say to anybody is don't be afraid to ask. Um, the worst they can say is we can't do it or is no. Yeah. Um, and even if anything... Me, I think this is where services are really trying to work well with their staff because they don't want people to leave. Yeah. So they're working within like 
whatever terms and conditions you're putting out there, they will find a way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very important that it's very important that, how can I say, you take ownership of you and mm-hmm. you look up, you prioritize you because everyone else does. Um, and I said, I remember a member of staff that I work with who has recently resigned. And she was telling me that, oh, I feel really bad to leave the team and there's so much work. I said to her, let me tell you one thing is you have to be selfish in this life because everyone else is. Exactly. You've done also, your time. You want to retire, retire, go. Like, what? don't even think about what's going to be left behind. Also, like you said, you've done your time. Why are you staying extra to help others when people, I can't lie, if someone said to me I could retire at 55, I will. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm really not coming to come and kill myself for anyone. This is it. Or anything. This is it. And to me, like, that's the thing. And the fact you feel somebody feels bad about that, they shouldn't have to be. But I feel like you're, I can't like, as a nurse, we're made to feel bad naturally. I mm-hmm. feel like they, it's almost done to you. This is literally what I'd like to say. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're made to feel bad. But why? Other people go to work and they work happily. You know? Like, well, why should, we, why should we be suffering? And this is not an episode of us like bashing the NHS or anything. No, we're looking at what we've got and what will make it better for us. Okay, yes, we would need more staff, which is a given, which has been a given for many years. We haven't got it. We are working within our means, but people are really burning out. If it's not burning out, then it's mental health or actual physical health. Like, all of that plays a part. Mm. And if you want your staff retention to remain A1, you've got to look at that essentially and see what works for the people on the front line. So, yeah. What, like, I just feel like organizations really need to think about this. Like, yes, they can sit in offices and say, this is what we do, but what are you actually doing? How are you actually benefits, benefiting your staff? 100%. And I think also as well, our government needs to look at the healthcare service realistically mm-hmm. and say, okay, we don't have many staff because they seem to have this delusion that they're recruiting all these members of staff. I don't know where they are because I don't see them in my office. Also, where are these staff that they recruit that were that they were recruiting during COVID? All these nurses that came out of retirement, retirement, and all this. You know, but I can't lie. If I've, if I've retired, I'm not putting myself back out there. No, you've done you like. It sounds like you've done your time like prison, but the best way I can put it is, yeah, you've served, you've given mm-hmm. your hours, do you get what I mean? You've done that. And you shouldn't have to feel you have to go back and put yourself through it again in that way. Exactly. Um, but I do think the government needs to reevaluate things in very many ways, like paying nurses properly, mm-hmm. um, you know, having some kind of threshold where if a ward is understaffed so severely then there's a, a system you have to go through you have to report it so that people know that this is an unsafe number wait hold on let me stop you there so those things are all in place because that's what Datex is and IR ones are for it's how they get actioned mm. because I remember like, we always got taught if there's uns- unsafe numbers in certain departments do it yeah but fair enough we haven't seen the change but the more you do it the more it gets sent to everyone because mm. there'll be a list of names and it will be going up quite high to who that data gets into this is it this is it 
So it's definitely not sitting back and taking it like because burnout is really real and it can last for a very long time I think there, there has to be a lot of recognition and self-awareness yeah and for you also some I don't want to say self-worth but a level of self-worth for you to be like I need to take a step back 100% no, and, and also as well people not being made to feel like they're weak or they can't manage or they're mm-hmm. not a good team player or you know everyone else is managing why aren't you managing no people recognize these are individual symptoms and individual feelings yeah and just because people are putting along sometimes talking to someone else can make you feel like they're going through it too they're just not saying anything about it and some you know people I mean? are. don't get me wrong but I think you really need to speak your truth yeah for example I know for me the reason why I left a is because I was burning out as much as I really did love it there were too many things that have happened and at that moment in time, I just need to take a step away. Mm, mm, and that mm. was me recognising that I need to, as much as I still need to work, I need to come away from that setting and try something else. And then, you know, maybe I'll go back to it eventually. But for now, I had to, I have to take that step away. Yeah. And that's the thing. And also as well, similar for me, like we're going to sound like we're like twins here, but <laughs> with Niku, like I love Niku. Anyone who knows me, that's how much I love that area of nursing. And probably why I spent all of my career there. Mm-hmm. And I left at a time when I thought that things were unsafe. Um, the patient ratios were not always great. We were looking after really big babies that should not have been there, should have been on Piku, for example. And I was like, I love my job. I don't want to lose the passion for it. So I need to go. Mm-hmm. Because if I stay longer, I will start to loathe it and resent it exactly but, but I love it so I don't want that to happen and so I need to go and do something else you know and yeah. the beauty of nursing is you can go back exactly and it's literally it's taking that step away because when you are burnt out or beginning to burn out it can literally kill you yeah and kill the passion for that specific job role and all sorts and you know just like Dan said she loved Niku but she realized she had to take that step away and try something new obviously as you if you've been watching the story she has also shared her the issues that she has also had with health visiting but nothing is perfect but she took that time away from Nikki to try something new and that's all that's it really try something new fair enough some people will say it's the devil you know rather than the devil you don't know but we're still baby girls in this career this is it like I remember it. one of my matrons saying to me if you don't like somewhere get out and try something different at the end of the day if you don't like it at least you tried it yeah and I think that's one thing I'd say to anyone because I initially became a nurse to be a health visitor mm-hmm. I remember reading about the job on like some careers page and I thought yep this is perfect it has all the things I want to do uh, encompassed in this role I can do this and when we started to train as nurses and um qualified and I loved Niku I said in NICU, I had clinical for longer than I even planned. Yeah. I clinical for four or five years, but I ended up I ended up doing it for the five years. And it's so weird now. Now that I've done the role and I'm in the role, it's so different to what I imagined. Mm. But I'm glad I've done it. So I would never look back and say, I wonder if I'd done it, would I have been happy? Yeah. Um, I wonder if I'd done that, would it have been a better quality of life? Now I don't have to wonder. I've done it, I've tried it. And like you said. And I've learned this as well, is if you don't like somewhere, you go, you move. You know, you're not rooted to one trust mm-hmm. or, one, or one area even. 
even if you've been a nurse for 10 years you can go to a completely different area and start something new exactly like I know some people are scared to make that jump but it's literally that jump like I remember being on Piku and you know speaking to some of the nurses that have been there for years and they'll be like oh you're so brave to come from A&E to here I'm like okay like, yeah but you know I went to try something new like oh no I'd be too scared to go anywhere else I've done this for so long which I understand but people get comfortable and when you're comfortable it's also when you know burnout well not just then but like all these things can set in a lot easier and then you want and then you're just there stuck because you feel like you can't get out but nurse for example nursing itself opens so many doors regardless of what branch you do so many doors that you can even like if you're even if you're that ballsy you could literally have a role created for you so the world is really your oyster but burnout is really real and I think you know a lot of people don't really recognize when they're going through it yeah but I also think like firstly us that live here in United Kingdom our burnout is almost more because for example we're having to work more to pay bills Mm. Um, and to survive so the time you will take away to rest and recuperate is being used to work yeah and you're going into that same environment that gives you stress so even in that sense I kind of feel like we need to have better strategies of how to manage or how to cope well even if it means working part-time and doing bank so you pick up the bank when you want but you're just for those two days or just those three days because then you know what you're doing and it makes life easier because you've got like better balance. Because I find like, or I found when I was shift working, I felt like I was working a lot more hours than yeah. I should have been. And like, that's not even banks. That's just to make up my normal weekly hours. And it takes out of you because like, we're still quite young. Don't get me wrong. Like we're heading towards 30, but we're not there. And 30 is not old. Let me just put that out there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like... You want to go out. You want to do so many things. How can you when, you know, you're doing five nights in a row? Yeah. Exactly. Like you're going to need those days to recover and, you know, just have some sort of social life. I think this is another thing that why burnout is so real for us in the NHS because we don't really have that gap of rest time. Mm. Or, for example, if you're doing three nights, you've got one day off and then you're back on two days. Like, exactly. that is hellish. When do you get that time to relax? Yeah your body has not had any recuperation you know how is that how is one 24 hour period not even 24 hours mm. how is what 18 hours or so how is that enough to then flip your body back to a day shift it's not and then you feel like you're just a machine and that's the exactly. reason why I always say to people I love my job I love my patients I genuinely love being a nurse but I love myself more Oh, a hundred. Because and, if I don't put me first, yeah. I will crash and burn. Literally. Yeah, I mean, and I'm somebody's daughter, I'm somebody's auntie, I'm somebody's sister, I'm somebody's godmother, I'm somebody's friend. If I'm not in a good place, I can't be there for them. How I want to be there for them, mm-hmm. and they're not, and they're not gonna have me at my best. There's exactly. no me coming around and I'm half asleep. But I'm not even engaging in the conversation because I'm shattered from the three shifts I did and the one day I've got off. No, honestly, yeah. it's ridiculous, but. Even talking about that, that brings us on to our next topic. Guys, guys, guys. Hmm. I don't even know. <laughs> I can't <remember> <laughs> so, 
as you as a lot of people found out during covid that staff actually had to pay for hospital parking please tell me why hospital parking is going to force nhs staff to pay up to a grand in car parking at work uh-huh. please boy oh boy it just makes you think how do you want me to get to work this is it because i could use that grand for other things so so, like the first thing i have yeah this is the first thing that i'm thinking about is why would you even charge nhs staff for parking (laughs) that's the first thing you know why agreed don't get me wrong, they're providing a service. You can charge patients because, you know, you pay for parking when you go to the shops. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. But why must I pay to park at work? And I'm there exactly. all day, so I actually need the parking. Sometimes I'm there all day, all night, into the night. So I need the car. It's extortionate. Like, it's actually extortionate. But I feel like this is what happens when you have a government like we do see this, this is all just going around us in a giant circle yeah i just i just think to myself do you actually think about the impact this has on staff i don't think they do because they don't care they do not care they're just seeing it as another money-making scheme like a lot of private like a lot of car park, hospital car parks are upheld by private companies so even like literally, even if you're dropping someone off and you're in the wrong bay, you get a ticket sent home. It's just nuts. I mean, but then what makes me laugh is during the pandemic, you could you could you could suspend the, the fees. So if you could afford to suspend the fees, why must you bring them back? I also want to add, we also were found out recently that they wasted 461 million on PPE that they could never use. So you had money for PPE to give to your friends and your mates for, for their companies to make PPE that we could never use. But you can't make parking free for NHS staff that you clapped for on your doorstep two years ago. Make it make sense. These times then they were giving everyone, patients, staff, whoever, free car parking. As in... Like, it's actually a joke. But do you know something that has literally just come up? Like, I saw, when did I go into town? A few days ago. Also, they're charging for LFT kits. Yeah. Superdrugs is selling LFT kits. It's just... Like, don't get me wrong. I get, you know, COVID is dying, has died down a lot. But... If you've taken down all the restrictions, taken out all of this, why, why, why are we still testing? Exactly. And also these things, should they not be free? For example, exactly. like something I said right from the beginning, you want people to wear face masks and use gloves when appropriate and use hand sanitizer. Why are we paying for it? Exactly. that. If it's a public health measure and this is a crisis, a worldwide crisis at that, Surely everybody should everybody should have access to their materials for free. Exactly. Like 
from parking to LFT kits, like, oh, I don't know what to say. I can't say, I was in super drugs, so, you know, I can say where. I was in super drugs and literally one, one lateral flow test was one ninety nine, and a pack of seven was £10. Jesus Christ, give us the strength. What, why do I need to be purchasing it if, you know, we are, inverted commas, free? Don't get me wrong. I probably, I will probably still wear face masks in certain places like the tube. But come on, like this is this is why I just said this place is just a money making scheme. First it of is. all, you know they've spent, like you said, they've spent so much money on wasted PPE that we will never be able to use, and now you're increasing the amount that NHS staff are going to pay for car parking when you know it's a service that's really needed. And then on top of that, you're making us pay now for natural flow tests. Wasn't it? It wasn't too long ago they were saying that they were going to take fifty pounds a month out of NHS staff paid paychecks. Yeah, to pay for LFTs. Don't give me the LFTs, and I don't want it. I don't, I'd rather have my money. It's the same as, for example, like when we had all of this mandate business. Once it all got taken away, all we got was a letter of, "Oh, it's been stopped now. No apology. No sorry for the stress." zero zilch these times people were literally issued final 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 warning letters yeah so it's concerning and it does make me think that how tone deaf is this government for real why would you why why would you be charging us that's my question why for something for a service that is you know somewhat really needed yeah like you're making us pay for this when things like energy and electricity and all that jazz has gone up you think i want to spend my two pound or ten pound to buy an lft test when you know i want to make sure i can put heating on or at least use the light and electricity in my house i'm not doing that which then this is just going to increase the rise of covid exactly like i don't think they've thoroughly thought about this or maybe they have and they just see it as always a money-making scheme It just concerns me that we talked about burnout and the things that people now have to worry about even more. You know, I take a car to go to work. I've got to worry about the mileage because now petrol's gone up. And then I have to worry about where I'm going to park the car, how much it's going to cost to park the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to fuel my car. Then I have to work a 12-hour shift and go home and then come back and do it all over again. And I'm not even being paid enough. I'm being taxed heavily because I feel like we're taxed quite a lot in this country. Oh, and, and that went up, hasn't it? Yeah. Because apparently the NI went up to pay for, is it the NHS? Or to give money back to the NHS? Like, all of it is just wishy-washy BS. That's what I believe. And I agree. who knows the truth? I don't know anymore. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things we just don't know about. Yeah. And we're just fed information through the news. And, and we're just meant to accept it. Decipher what you want from it. But I just find the treatment of the NHS is just so bad. And I don't know how they're going to make it better to stop people from leaving it. Good luck. That's literally all I can say. Because a lot of us are, again, I'm not saying that, you know, people are, well, people are leaving the NHS, which we already know. But people want a solution to, to this hard end. Mm. the fact that professionals are having to go to use food banks and that's not to say anything about anyone using food banks but 
if people who have certain jobs are going to use food banks, what about people that don't have that and don't have access to any of those things? Yeah. Like, how hard must things really be? Exactly. And yeah, MPs and all that jazz are still getting a pay rise. Like, it's difficult out here. It is. And then you wonder why people are burning out when you've got all of these other things to factor in. I feel like we came back from the camp. Well, we came back from the pandemic, and things literally skyrocketed. Because think about it: like last summer, when things finally opened, yes, people were happy to go out and spend the money, but like the money people were spending was a lot. Mm. Like I know it was all this, you know, to help the economy, whatever. But like people were able to save that somewhat while they were at home, working from home or doing whatever else. Now things are open and, yeah, now things are open, but sadly everything's gone up. People's wages haven't gone up. No. So how do you expect people to pay for this? With their life, with their life savings? Like, come on. And this is the argument that um, I was having with, with a local councillor just this weekend, and I was saying to her that our cost of living is increasing, but our salaries are stagnant. What are we supposed to do? So to how are we supposed to live? Exactly. I don't know. And then when you, then you read stuff like this, or we're going to put the money up for parking for NHS staff. And it's like, do you guys really know what you're doing? Do you actually assess the situation? Have you gone on ground? Have you gone to your constituents and asked them how they're coping? You obviously haven't. Because if you, if you did, if you did that, if you knew that, you would not just be handing out all these different rules of we're going to put this up and put that up because it wouldn't make any sense who did you consult and ask if that was a good idea just because i haven't heard about this yeah but yet you can waste 461 million of taxpayers money on ppe that we can't we didn't even use hmm. how does that make any sense you've given yourselves pay rises what but yet people are literally suffering and I can't lie, for the NHS, what people don't realise is in other countries, nurses are well respected and that's reflected in how they're paid. Mm-hmm. And people are willing to leave now. I think people are at a point now where London, UK, whatever, is no longer the B1 indoor. It used to no. be the hub for everyone and everyone used to feel like, I have to be in London, I want to live in London. I think people are now at a point where they're like, do you know what, I don't have to be here. Exactly, like, I, I can make, like, someone elsewhere is going to appreciate me and I can make better money. Yeah. Why am I here literally breaking my back? Exactly. At the end of the day, it's, it's not even just family, because for a lot of us, our family members left their own families to come here for a better life. Mm. So it's only fair that we do what's right for ourselves. Exactly. But, yeah, like it's just a lot I think it's very eye-opening I think it's just yeah it's very eye-opening and also I think it just it's a lot of food for thought and it makes me think of okay what would my next steps be for me and my family Mm. what will work best because like don't get me wrong we thought about relocating and going elsewhere and seeing what's available because you know you just don't feel like you're getting what you what you truly deserve here no definitely and it's a shame that, the, that not even just the NHS, the UK will lose a lot of people to that. 
if it carry on if it carries on going the way it is this is it but guys that's literally all we have time for today but i hope you guys have listened to this episode and it's made you think and made you think more about like you know truly about yourselves and taking a rest and taking that break annually whatever you want to call it mental health day and not burning out and speaking up about it and not feeling bad for doing so because you work just as hard definitely you matter and you have to be your your first priority in everything Mm -hmm. if there's no you there's no job exactly exactly so this will be out this well this episode is going to come out this week as always like share subscribe the whole jazz hit us up on our well let's say on our facebook account we do have a facebook account but hit us up on our instagram account as always at the nursing handover podcast and you can also hit us up privately for me jerry it's at jellybean with three l's and two a's and for diane it's at dd looks with a z at the end so guys until next week we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode kick back relax share it with whoever nursing healthcare whoever doesn't they don't even need to be in the field And I hope you've enjoyed it. So until next week, guys, we hope you have a lovely week or are having a lovely week, should I say. And we'll be back with you next week for some more. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.